Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. Welcome to Sleepy Doctor Who. Yep, it is that again. But I had half a little can of Coke, so I'm a little more awake now. <laughs> I had an, uh, a 40 minute nap earlier tonight. Not during the Doctor Who. No, 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 no. Although one could. Why? No, I wouldn't. I would never do that. It's 9.30. This feels... 9.30 p.m. This feels like the earliest we've ever recorded Lazy Doctor. <laughs> it might be, but I'm still sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> I woke up I woke up a whole hour earlier today than I have been. Really? Maybe, maybe you're only sleepy because you suggested that we do Lazy <laughs> Do- watch something for Lazy Doctor Who. Oh, no. Doctor Who has now become... This <laughs> is your little narcoleptic... Uh, yeah, it's a Pavlovian response. I just yeah. get sleepy. Yeah, when I think mm-hmm. they have to do a podcast. We watched all three... Episodes of Planet of Giants. Yep. First story of season two mm-hmm. of the, their Doctor Who. And the first, is this the first official repeat for me of something that I have seen and remember? I yeah, think it is. why did you watch this the first time, or relatively recently, wasn't it? It was just just about three, a less, little less than three years ago. Oh, um, wow. Verity's first year, we did um, a countdown of the Doctors. Mm-hmm. Uh, starting with Matt Smith and counting back. So at the end of our first year, we did uh, William Hartnell. And <coughs> for each of these for each of these episodes, uh, we we all picked stories that we thought were representative of that Doctor's era. And you know, then we you know we uh, I think we rotated who who picked which one. Right. So and this was this was Cat's reason for picking uh, or Cat's episode. Gosh, I'm sleepy. Sorry. Cat's episode um, for being the most representative, which mm, not so much, but <laughs> it made for an interesting conversation on Verity. Right. Um, and it's so I, I remember it quite well because I not only watched it, but I watched it for a podcast, so I was paying close attention to it. And I have to say, it is not one of my favorite of the William Hartnell stories that I have seen. Even after seeing a bunch more, this is still just not not great. And not even because <laughs> the. the they had to cut it down because um, it was just so slow. Mm-hmm. But I just, I don't like the way the characters act mostly in this. I, Barbara just makes me so mad. I want to spit through most of it. <laughs> Barbara is wow. smart. Barbara uh-huh. is cool. Barbara is, I love Barbara. Yeah. And yet here, she is so not Barbara-esque. Um, I can understand, um, you know, after she picks up that seed and hurts herself, mm-hmm. or not hurts herself, but gets the uh, the insecticide, I can see her not wanting to tell everybody at first. So I have no problem with that. But there's a moment where it's in the second episode, I mm-hmm. think, yep. um, where Ian says something about, um, I can't remember exactly what he says, but it's basically something to the effect of, you know, that they don't need to do anything about this because nobody's touched it. Yeah. Um, so we can base, we can just ignore the insecticide problem and just try to get out of here or, or whatever. And that's the moment where she should have said, actually, mm-hmm. this needs to be, this needs to be a priority <clears throat> right? or I'm going to die. And then she just keeps that, like, she's almost going to tell him when twice. Yeah. When, um, Susan interrupts yeah. at one point. Well, because they, they find them, they find them in the sink. Mm-hmm. Oh, We'll get back to them. Uh, and then Ian goes, oh, what would you want to tell me? Oh, never mind about that now. That's not important. We'll, we'll go and find the Doctor and Susan and get back to the ship. Which is, that, that is dumb. Yeah. Like, I, yes, I agree that it's good to get out of there. But, but Barbara is smart enough to know that she needs to, you know, even if she's not going to tell Ian, she needs to tell the Doctor, the one who's the expert on, you know, stuff. Well, she never did have a chance to tell the Doctor because... Sure she did. They, they never s- got to them because when they were about to climb down to them in the sink, mm-hmm. 
then Forrester came back in the room and they had to climb back out again. So they never had that chance. They were all four of them together for quite a while while they were monkeying around oh, you the mean phone. After that. Oh, I see. In the mm-hmm. third. Well, no, by that time. Oh, we didn't know. They didn't know at that point, did they? No, they no. didn't. They had to figure it out on their own after right. she passed the heck out. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they th- could have been, you know, f- focusing on focusing on that part of the problem mm-hmm. they should have been and oh, just it's it's so annoying and ian also really pisses me off because at the beginning he is so insistent <clears throat> to susan susan who has been traveling with the doctor for a long time and actually knows a lot of stuff um is insisting that she doesn't know what she's talking about and she's totally wrong about them changing sizes because that's quote-unquote impossible mm-hmm. um He's traveled to other planets. He's traveled through time in a in a box that's bigger on the inside than it is in the outside. Uh, I, 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 he's a science teacher, right? Yeah. He's supposed to be. He's supposed to be smart, and usually is a pretty smart guy. But, but he, he's just dumb. That's just stupid. Like you've seen, you've seen dr- dimensionally transcendent. Um, spaceships mm-hmm. or a dr- dimensionally transcendent spaceship, and you can't. Like, he doesn't have the imagination in his head to think that it's possible for, you know, physical dimensions to be changed that much. Right. I I just, it really, really bothers me when these characters that I have now, you know, come to watch and like act so seemingly out of character. Susan's not so bad. Mm -hmm. She's a little, you know, a little hysterical in places, but... That's, that doesn't seem to be out of character. Kind of like she was, especially in the early days for her, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the doctor is... Actually, I kind of like the doctor in this. I'm yeah. like, maybe it's just in comparison to everybody right. else who bugs the crap out of me. Um, but he he he's very solicitous of Barbara. Like he he's very attentive to mm-hmm. her, even at the beginning before there's anything wrong with her. You know, he's gung ho to climb to the top of the wall and look over to climb up the drain pipe. I and mean, he's kind of you know Mr. Action Hero. Apologizes a bit. to her a little. I like in the TARDIS. That was very sweet. <laughs> that is very funny that he apologizes to her, not yeah. to Ian. No, <laughs> he was a jerk to mm-hmm. both of them. Uh, yeah, Tansy and, and Liz are always going on about how the doctor has a huge crush on Barbara. And the more I watch, the more I'm inclined to agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I have an idea as to why the characters seem to revert back to their earlier selves in a bit. Because their brains have been squished? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, this The story for this, this was uh, the idea for this. There's going to be mm-hmm. a, an, a, a story called Doctor Who and the Minuscules. Uh, written by Bunny Weber. And that was going to be the first story ever for Doctor Who. That's right. They sort of, they kiboshed that because they thought we can never do that in on, you know, a BBC budget, so to speak. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll just wait a year, then we can do it perfectly. Um, and so that idea kind of got quashed. Then it kind of brought, it, but I think David Whitaker, who's a script editor, the story editor, I should say, didn't really let it, Die, and so he gave it to another person who didn't couldn't do anything with it, and then gave it to Louis Marx, who writes his first story for Doctor Who here. And I think, I bet you, uh, d- during all that time, they were probably still working on the original character outlines for these mm, people. Mm-hmm. And I bet you Louis Marx probably had that still in his mind because you know he's he's been working on this while they're making the show. And I bet you that's why they aren't quite like they are leading up to this that's my that's that's a guess but mm-hmm. i think it makes sense that 
that, that is, sounds like an educated guess, and it does make sense. It doesn't make me like it any better. No, no. But it gives an explanation for why it is. Although I find it interesting that I like the Doctor so much better here, for the most part, than I did earlier on. Except there are still, he still has moments, you know, when he's... It, the fact that he apologizes to Barbara after the fact, mm-hmm. you know, somewhat mitigates it. But he still, that, that little scene still bothered me. He's still him. He's still cranky old. He's still first a cranky doctor. old man. Yep. But, but, but yeah, yeah, so I think, you know, the, uh, the Gallifreyans in this one, even though they aren't, you know, revealed to have to be from Gallifrey at <laughs> right. this point, uh, are, are, are the ones that are pretty strong. Um, mm-hmm. I like the giant kitty. As I said, when, they, yeah. when we had the little cliffhanger, I said, uh, what did I say, cutest cliffhanger ever? <laughs> yeah, it's a, good thing, uh, it's a good thing this thing was, uh, episode three consists of the final two parts of the episode, because uh, even the BBC, it, it's funny, it, this was rejected two or three times before they made it, and then they finally made it, and then it was more or less rejected again, because uh, I think the head of serials or something said, this isn't good enough to kick off the, the season, uh. chop it down. Um, so they did. They, they, what another uh, option was to have this be second, but they couldn't do that because, um, spoilers, Susan um, is on our last story mm-hmm. coming up. So they took the um, decision of, of cutting it down. Um, where was I going with that, apart from the info dump? Um, perhaps you were going to explain which parts they cut down because it's yeah, the one kitty. And two. One of the t- one of the things is the poor little kitty was killed in in <gasps> yeah I know in one of the in oh. part three or part four I can't remember which one. Mm. Uh, there's a, there's a whole bunch of business. It's funny I never I never really paid that much attention to Planet of the Giants before, or at least I don't remember it anyway. And when I watch episode three now, it like it happened. <laughs> there are so many like all Lots of a sudden. Of cuts. I know we'll make fire. Like, Whoa! Where, where did that decision come from? It kind of <laughs> came out of nowhere. Um, but yeah, it probably helped. I can't imagine. I mean, I've tried watching the um, the the recon of parts three and four that's mm-hmm. on this disc. It's a little bit iffy. So I don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was just know. the part one and part two are the same as they were, and it's just parts yeah. three and four that were cut apart and yes. put together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because you remarked at one point that, oh, is that part where they cut out? Is this, nope. Like when Ian sort of magically meets up with them again. Yeah, this in was. Episode the, one. That yeah. was so strange. So he's. Well, first of all, we get that cool shot of him looking up at the giant dead face uh-huh. of that guy. And the first time I watched this, I was trying to figure out what the heck he was doing with that like white piece of paper. Now I know that he was holding up his handkerchief to see if there's any breath coming out of the mouth mm-hmm. of the dead guy. Um, and then he turns and walks, you know, to to stage right and, and off camera. And then suddenly he's with the doctor like and everybody with him, just yeah. standing with him and being like, yeah, there's that guy over there. Mm-hmm. Or, no, he doesn't even say anything. It's the doctor saying, so you saw this man, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, just a very weird cut. So I assumed that they had chopped something out there. And no, I guess not. They didn't. Yeah, so we didn't even get the reunion scene to be like, oh, my God, thank God you're okay. I know. They always seem to like doing those in this mm-hmm. story. Like, oh, my God, you're in the sink. Oh, this is wonderful. Hey there. Whoa, yay. <laughs> yeah. They never took the time to do that when they met Ian. Who's had just a harrowing jur- journey mm-hmm. for several miles in his world? He could have broken his neck in that in that matchbox. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, you uh, you chuckled a couple times about the music in this. Uh, in it's story. just weird. Yeah. Like it, I don't like. Ooh, lots of drums. It must uh-huh. be. It, it, you know, it must be dangerous. Oh, there's a tuba. It's sad. Wah, wah. <laughs> And then, like, like at the end when it's exciting, there's all these like weird flutes and. It was just I, I found it very amusing. Usually, I don't notice the music, yeah. but this was just so in your face and 
silly. Did you see who did it? Oh, no, I forgot to look. It was Dudley Simpson. Was it really? His first ever (laughs) score for Doctor Uh, Who. Um, That's awesome. The first music that I noticed in Doctor Who is Dudley Simpson. Dudley Simpson. (laughs) I'm not saying I disliked it. It just just seemed very weird Mm -hmm. and amusing to me. Dudley Simpson, uh, it's kind of weird by sheer happenstance. The the fourth episode here, the original director for the first three was a guy called Mervyn Pinfield, who had directed the Sensorites, some of the Sensorites. Mm-hmm. He was known for his like sort of technical expertise, like the shot of them looking up at the, uh, the dead body or, mm-hmm. and the phone, I think, later on, you know, those little inlay shots. I think that's that's why they got him in for that. And But this young upstart named Douglas Camfield, mm-hmm. who had actually directed some film scenes for Wars Your Saint in Marco Polo and Unearthly Child. Ah. He directed this. And there's actually some like really tight close-ups, which you don't usually see in Doctor Who up until that point. So mm-hmm. already he's making his his mark. I was keen to, mm-hmm. to notice that this time around, because Douglas Camfield, I think, is probably the best of all the classic series directors. I like Graham Harper, but he only mm-hmm. did two stories, you understand. You know, it's hard It's hard to say, because three and four were mashed together, but, mm-hmm. so, with, did, did, did I don't, Camfield do... He did the basically the last half of okay. the last episode, is what he did. Okay. I that. don't know where the dividing is. I don't, mm-hmm. I can't remember where the cliffhanger for episode three would be. Well, one thing that I noticed, uh, certainly in episode one and two a lot was that they that this episode felt stagier mm-hmm. than many of the ones that we've had recently right like there was a lot of somebody standing and sort of staring off just <coughs> to the left of the camera with their hands at the side yeah. of their the side of the sides of their body as they're monologuing yeah. and this, i think the music actually played into that a little bit too it was almost like silent film music at places mm-hmm. where it's like here's the excitement it's all in the music because there's nothing going on in front of you um or because you can't hear anything else. So I, I, it got less stagey, I think, as it went on. Right. It wasn't quite as bad later. Well, well the music in those days uh, was all pre-recorded and played in live. So they basically kind mm. of had to, like, it wasn't like, you know, dubbed on afterwards. It was actually played into the studio. Oh, so the microphones were picking up the music at the same time No, as they I guess were not, not the... in the studio, but they were certainly being played. Um, they were actually playing in the studio. It was, um, I don't know if the actors could hear it or not, but I know they could hear the sound effects, I think. Anyway, hmm. it was a technique that that they did for a good many years, actually. Um, and so all that music was written and recorded. Basically, the director would say, hey, can you do me some uh, maybe fast-paced music mm-hmm. or something that I could use for something? Because you do maybe this, there's probably a slow bit here, maybe some, you know. Uh-huh. So you'd hear them, like, maybe sometimes use the same cues a couple <laughs> times during the course of the episode. Because they just, oh, there's the fast music, put that in there, but, you know, that's so. mm-hmm. all. Anyway, to finish my thought on on Dudley Simpson, um, who sort of like were forced uh, together with Douglas Camfield on that last episode. Douglas Camfield, next time he came, he comes back to direct. He employs Dudley Simpson again. Okay, that's his next his next uh, time doing doing music, I think. And somewhere in between that and. Um, Douglas Camfield's third episode, which I think is the last one in season two, they have a spat or a fight, and Camfield vows never to work with him again. Whoa. So you look throughout um, Doctor Who and Blake Seven, b- both of which Dudley Simpson worked on a lot in the 1970s, and uh, it's it's conspicuous because Simpson will be doing all the music except for the episodes where Douglas Canfield will be Ooh. directing. Yeah, so there's like a Blake set, like I think one of the only Blake 7 episodes that doesn't have Dudley Simpson's music on 
is the one that Douglas Canfield directed. Interesting. You know? So yeah. so it's interesting. So it actually lends, you know, Douglas Canfield's episodes from here on in are, you know, different visually because he's a he's a dynamic director, but it also has that that element of it sounding differently as well mm-hmm. because of that. Interesting. Well, these are the little things I like mm-hmm. to notice. Well, the other interesting thing about this, which probably we should talk about at a later date, okay. um, is just the fact that because episodes three and four were smushed together, they were short in an episode yeah. for the season. Mm-hmm. So they ended up having to make that up later in a very interesting way. I won't go into too much no. detail, but because because the actors had already performed in these two episodes, mm-hmm. their contracts were already up. So, oh my gosh, what are they going to do? So that's a little cliffhanger for uh, for Lazy Doctor Who listeners who don't already know the answer, yeah. uh, which we will come back to later in the season. We will indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, this, is, this is a thing that I know, so I'm very excited to know <laughs> something. I get to do the info dump, do-da, do-da. One last thing, or maybe one last thing. <laughs> All the smoking. Everyone smokes in this episode. I never noticed that. Oh yeah, everyone right. lights up. I mean, there's matches. You gotta have smoke. well, the match. You gotta have match. That's there, so. but I mean, the the scientist um, mm-hmm. Smithers. He seemed to light up a couple times. What's his name? Pharaoh lights up. Everyone smokes. Every mm-hmm. single person, I think. Well, that seems the pretty typical for the time. It does, but it doesn't movies. happen that often in Doctor Who. Not in Doctor Who because it's a kids show and kids don't. You know, kids don't smoke. Yeah. So, but we learn how in this episode how to smoke. We learn how to start fires. Yes. Oh my gosh, uh, the doctor is quite the little pyromaniac. There's is. nothing like a fire, like a good fire. Ooh. And he, yeah, and then he gets that little step back. It's almost ready to blow. Goofy grin on his yep. face. Wow. Mm-hmm. See, I think that's part of why I like the doctor more in this episode. It's just kind of delightful to see that crazy <laughs> gleam in his eye when he's all excited about the fire, fire, mm-hmm. fire. What what he must have done in his mm-hmm. youth on Gallifrey or something. I know. Well, speaking yeah. of things that he's done, he and Susan once again were reminiscing about something yeah. that happened, you know, off camera, uh, with an air raid and zeppelins and mm-hmm. interesting. Yeah. They've, they've led quite the lives. They have indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All well. right. Well, yay us for getting through an entire story already. In one night. In one night. Yeah. It's well, a, it is only three parts, so. It is only three parts. We won't do another three-parter. Three half-hour episodes for, in the show's terms, 22 years. Wow. So, so we've, it'll be a while. Yeah. Well, there's some two parts coming up, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we'll do the, all the Daleks Master Plan in one night. Um, we won't do that. No. Okay. We could do the War Games in one night. That'd be silly as well. Mm. Okay. Well, we'll see. <laughs> Who so knows? Much. Maybe maybe it should be some sort of a personal challenge to ourselves. <laughs> personal challenge. Maybe New Year's. Maybe New Year's twenty whatever. Mm-hmm. I think we're gonna have a, probably a busier year this year for Lazy Doctor Who. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. We should get through this faster. I know. I want to. I'm looking forward to some of the stuff that we get to see coming up. Buy here. some lottery tickets. <laughs> so we can just sit in our big giant mansion. We wouldn't buy Doctor a big, big giant mansion. Oh, okay. Well, we'd have several of them, maybe, if you oh, really geez. wanted. Oh, jeez. Okay, whatever. All right. You just want room for more Lego. Probably. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I want room for the Lego I have. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be nice. That's all, I all right, then. Um, next uh, next story is... What was it called again? The, well, the next episode the next is called episode. World's End. World's End, yeah. See, I don't actually know what comes next. Oh. Well, or I wouldn't have if you wouldn't have mentioned Susan leaving, so now I know what it is. Damn. That's Okay. 
You would have found it. Yeah, I would have. When, you, when picked, we got the DVD and it says the Dalek invasion of Earth on it. Yep. You know? Yep. It so, wouldn't have been a problem. That's no. fine. So we get to watch that next. And that'll be new to me, I believe. I You've mean, never I seen it. Well, maybe I saw it when I was a wee 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 little kid and yeah. don't remember it, but I don't I don't know. Did you see the second Dalek movie? I can't remember if nope. you no you didn't I watch. I only watched the first one and I didn't like it, so I didn't watch the second one. Well there you go. Excitement yep. ahead. Yep. Stay tuned. Yeah. Same bat time, same bat channel. Wait, I'm crossing. You very shows. much are. Oops. All right. Well let's leave then. Okay. Bye. Bye.